Welcome to the Marion Message presented by the Mosaic of Marion podcast. Each week we'll hear God's Word explored by Dr. Henry M. Meadows Jr. as he preaches from the pulpit of Marion Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. We pray that this message will be a blessing and further your walk with God. Let's join him now. I love the church. I, I don't understand why, why a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ has to be begged to come to church. I, I don't understand why a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ has to be begged to live out that believer's life. We just sang about how he ransomed us and redeemed us. Those that did not deserve it. And so as I talk about this intentional church, I'm, I was just I was listening to a sermon yesterday um, by Vody Balkum. Um, and he was dealing with this issue. I just find it amazing how sometimes God leads me to these sermons of, of people that I just love and listen to. And here's what he said. He says, I don't understand why people that would claim to want to go to heaven don't desire to live for Jesus and come to church every chance they get, yet want to believe and fool themselves into believing they're going to heaven. You do understand that heaven is made up of the church. Hello? <laughs> heaven is made up of the church. So it's us, the, the, the body. Now listen, not this building, but the body. So why is it that someone that would say, well, I've been hurt by the church, so I don't want to go to the church, would ever want to enter heaven where that's where the church is headed? That makes no sense. In reality, I shouldn't have to preach a sermon like I'm preaching today. Telling people why you should want to come to church. A few weeks, we're going to be, the deacons and I, we've laid out some things about the vision for this year. We want to be focused about things that we do. And, and I'm going to challenge every member about the only time you're going to hear me use this day. Every member that's watching on the internet or in, on whatever they're watching on, and they're here today, on January the 21st, I am begging you as pastor to be here. Can I, can I go with Paul in Romans chapter 12 there? By the mercies of God, I beg you, be here. Plan out that you're going to be at this place at 11 o'clock. There's literally going to be nothing else going on that day in the morning except for this meeting. We believe as deacons and pastors, it's that important. So today I want to talk to you about this thought of intentional church. And so you may say, I don't see the big deal about church. And, and we make statements that are crazy like this. Well, I don't have to go to church to go to heaven. No, but you do get to come to church and experience a little heaven. Now, see, some of you as a choir was singing, and, and this is not meant to be in your face, but it's going to be, as the choir was just singing, 
all of that in the praise team in our hymns. Some of you are going, man, can we just get through this? You realize there's songs in heaven? Just, just go read Revelation chapter 4 and chapter 5. There are literal songs in heaven. And by the way, if you're not enjoying the worship, if you're here going, well, you know, Miss Agnes missed that third note right there in the organ. Don't. Who cares? No, seriously, who cares? I have no clue because I don't. People tell me all the time, and, and some of the, uh, the praise team, and when we're talking, and they're going, man, I really messed up, and I'm going, really? Number one, you sing better than I sing. It was Skittles. And number two, I'm so involved with seeking heaven that I'm not caring about what they're, how they're sounding. It just sounds beautiful to my heart. People say, well, you're going to preach all these messages about church because you just want numbers. No, I want you to get what I got. I want to grow the kingdom of God. I refuse to be embarrassed or talked down to by carnality. You just want to be the biggest church in Pennsylvania County. Well, I would say two things to that. One's going to be in the flesh. Somebody got to be. And number two... If we're winning people to Jesus, what does it care? As I understand my calling and my commissioning, I'm supposed to be leading somebody to Jesus. True story, I had a gospel conversation this morning at 7.30 in Food Line. Somebody was like, they just walked by me, a complete stranger. This is a hand on the Bible, true story. They said, man, you sure are dressed up. You got a funeral to go to. I said, man, you crazy. I'm about to go to church. Oh. And I said, are you going to church? What I need church for? I said, oh, dear one. Thinking about what I'm about to preach. I'm like, the church is the body of Christ. I said, I serve a Savior that defeated death, hell, and the grave, knowing that I wasn't worthy, and I get a chance, an opportunity to go today and meet with some people that are believers like me, and we get to worship this risen Lord. I said, I tell you what, come on with me. <laughs> he said, you crazy. I said, that's beyond the point. I said, if you don't want to come with me now, won't you meet me? Maybe. Well, that's a no. Gave him my card, and I said, brother, if you ever want anything, call me. Here's what he said, because this is where most people are at. Here's what he said. You only mean that if I come. I said, no. Whether you come or not, that's your decision. But you need something? You got my card. You call me. I'll answer. That's what the church has got to be, isn't it? A force of caring. A force of love. 
And so this year, I want us to be intentional. Let me go back to the beginning. Would you stand? Go to Matthew chapter 16. I, I talked too much there to begin with. So I'm going to give you the backstory here. Jesus has just asked who do people say that he is, and he got all these answers. And then I always want to jump to verse 16. Because this is the most important. Well, 15 says, but Jesus finally says, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered, said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. See, it doesn't, you don't have to, God just didn't reveal his stuff to certain individuals. Can I get a witness, sister? But he'll reveal himself to anybody. And I tell you, here it is, you are Peter, and on this rock, now not the rock that was Peter, but the rock that was that confession of faith, I will build, here it is, my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See, here's the truth. We get caught up in it sometimes. It's not Hank's church. I don't want to be Hank's church. It's not your church. It's God's church. It's Jesus' church, who is God, by the way. He's the one died for it and rose again on the third day for it. When we come to that realization, it'll change everything. What is it about this church? Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to be intentional about our attendance with our body of believers here at this place. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. I just want to, I'm going to try to do this quickly. If I don't finish, I'll finish it tonight. Then all of you can come back tonight and bring a friend. Amen. So go over now. To, I'm going to give, I don't usually preach topically. You know that I'm more of an expository. Well, I'm not more of I am an expository preacher. I like to take a passage, expose the truth that's found in that passage, and make references, Scripture, interpret Scripture, and all that. But for today, um, I'm going to preach topically. I'm going to carry you to different places to talk about why intentional church. Number one, if we're over there in 1 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to give you just a second to get there. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Here, and here's why you should come to church in 2024 and be intentional. The church is the pillar and foundation of the truth. Now, see, there are people out there that will tell you, well, the truth is what I say it is. The truth is not what anybody on the face of this earth says it is. The truth is who Jesus is. That's a great statement. The truth is found in God's Word. <coughs> Preacher, you don't mean to tell me you one of those old boys that thinks that that Bible is without error. I absolutely do. And I say that without, I, I just believe, y'all, I believe this is the inerrant, unchanging, infallible Word of God. I believe it is just exactly what God wants us to have. See, you guys, some of you people, you find that crazy. You say, man, a bunch of dudes wrote it. No, my Bible says that all Scripture is God-breathed. So if God took the time to breathe it into whoever wrote it, God can keep it sacred and safe from thenceforth. Well, preacher, now how did that happen? I don't know. Tell me how creation happened. I'm going to go back to it. If God could create something out of nothing, which he did, he certainly can keep his book pure. There are contradictions in it. No, there's not. 
There's no inerrancy to it. No, there's not. <coughs> so if you want truth in this world where everybody claims to know the truth <coughs> and wants to give you their truth. See, you'll know that they're giving it because they'll say things like this. Yada, yada, yada. Well, that's your interpretation. Well, if I can back it up with Scripture, that's not Hank's interpretation. That's what the Bible says. Hello? You with me? And if I can back it up where the Bible says it in different places, I'm telling you, it's not how Hank interprets it. It's what the Bible just says out loud. So let's talk about this. So here it is in verse 13. The Bible says this. I mean, down there in verse, what did I say this was? Uh, 14, yeah. Paul, uh, Paul's writing to Timothy, I hope to come to you soon, but I'm writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God. Now, I love that. I'm just going to walk through that. The word household there is oikos, O-I-K-O-S. <clears throat> it's used here for a family of believers that are, that are a part of God's household. Translated, now, see, the church is this. We're a church, household of believers right here, but there's also the church, God's church. That, that will be in heaven, Y'all all right? See, one day he's going to rapture his church. I just, man, I just got deep with the teenager just a few minutes ago. We talked about the rapture and when in the revelation that there's coming a day when God will call us home. Hello? All right, that's the church. But we're this body of believers right here at Marion Baptist Church that God is. The word church, I mean, ecclesia, it means the called out ones. In other words, you're, you're called out from the world. In other words, you shouldn't be like the world. People say all the time, why can't I drink and go to heaven? Why can't I do this and go to heaven? Because God says you're to be different. <coughs> God says you're to, you're to look different from the world. There, there, there's a, and by the way, you being here today, you're preaching a sermon to every person. And by the way, there's going to be a lot of people that rolls by here today. That'll be driving by in just a little bit. Some of them probably members of this church. They'll drive by and they'll look. Oh, look, they're having church. You're preaching a sermon by your presence here today. This describes this local, the gathering of believers and the entire body of believers. And I love this. Which is the, the household of God, which is the church of the living God. You do realize we don't serve a dead God, right? We serve a living God. I, I, well, if I could go to it real quick, I don't have time. Remember when Jesus was talking? It might be over there in Matthew 22. I'm not sure. The, they're, they're questioning him in. That's where it's at. I'm pretty sure it's in Matthew 22. And, and, and these um, Sadducees, they don't believe in the resurrection, but they're asking Jesus a question about the resurrection. And finally he says, see, you don't understand. And they're, they're saying, who's that? He said, He's not the God of the dead, but he's the God of the living. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Friends, you understand that we are the only faith in all the world whose Savior came to us? Hello? We're the only faith in all the world that we don't have to do better to get to him. He came and did all the work. We just accept him by faith. We are the only faith in all the world. <coughs> What's going on with my throat today? That's not a works religion. 
I don't have to work my way. And see, some of you are going, well, you just said we need to come to church. That's what. Did you not hear what I said? You should want to come to church. No, it is not being force-fed down your throat, but we get the opportunity to come and worship the risen Lord and Savior, the only one that was and is and is to come. Then he goes up, then he listens. The church, I love this. And he says, the church, and he goes on, the church of the living God. And he, this is the mystical body of Christ that is blood bought. Flip over in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Y'all know I got a new Bible for this year. I can't find nothing in it. I, I am struggling here, man. I, I've been struggling all week with this new thing, and and I'm just struggling. So if I can't find something, y'all hang with me. I mean that last, y'all, don't you just love your Bible? You know, I'm talking your Bible. You can, I could see my notes on the page. And I, I could just see it. But man, I got this new Bruce. Thank you. You, you pushed me to get a new Bible. So, I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm struggling with it, man. It, it, but I love it. But I'm struggling with it. Here it is. Look at verse, um, what verses? Verse 13. For in the... Is this right? I'm telling you, I can't find anything. I don't know if this is right or not. I just looked at it this morning. For I'm going to go with For we're one spirit. We're all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks or slaves or free. We're all made to drink of one spirit. I don't really think that's what I wanted. We're going to go with Go to Acts chapter 28, 20. This may have been the one I was thinking about anyway. Acts chapter 20. That actually was the verse I wanted in 1 Corinthians. I was thinking about Acts 20. Acts chapter 20. Paul is writing and he's talking about he's getting ready to go to be arrested in Jerusalem. He knows what's coming there in Jerusalem. And, and so he's talking to them about what's going to happen when he's, when he's gone. And in verse 28, he says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church which he obtained with his own blood. Th this mystical thing called the church has been blood-bought. Because it's made up of individuals that are believers who've been blood washed. Jesus did all this for you and I. It's an act of grace. But let's keep, let's keep walking there. I'm trying to get it. And, it, and I love this. I said it, it's made up of everyone, the church, who repents of their sin and is born again from Pentecost until this moment. And it's going to keep growing is our prayer because we want people to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And it's made up of people from all walks of life. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I want Marion Baptist Church to be a place where we say we're a shelter from the storm where anybody from any walk of life can come in here and find a shelter. The pimp, the prostitute, the alcoholic, the druggie, the lawyer, the judge, the school teacher. The people that got outgoing personalities, the per people that got very insecure personalities, the people who are rich, the people who are poor, the people who are in the middle, the people who are older, the people who are younger, made up of anybody, everybody from the walks of life. Not just one group. Here's what we need to get rid of, us four and no more. 
Then he goes on, he says this, it's a pillar. Pillar is a column that supports a building. And back when this was written, and Paul was, (coughs) they said probably thinking of of over in Corinth, and they had that huge, on the Acropolis, Danny, I did listen in Sunday school when I'm in there, and up there, these temples to the goddess Diana, they would have these huge pillars, and every pillar would have an inscription or a name or be dedicated to the king that was there when they did that. And so what he's saying right here is that the truth, and if the church is a pillar, it is by the donation of Almighty God because he gave his life for it. He said, I am the way, the truth. I'll say it again when Pontius Pilate looked at him and says, what is truth? Jesus could have just said, you're looking at him right in the eyes. This this church and the church. Now, I can't speak for all those that are outside. I can only speak for this church as I'm pastoring. All I strive to do is teach the truth. Some people say, well, that church down there believes differently. I'm sorry, I can't help them. I'm not their pastor. This is what I can control. And not only is it a pillar, it's a buttress. That means it's a support. It's a picture of a a foundation upon which everything rests. This book should be the foundation of your life. Hello? I so laugh at some of you guys. I do. When you turn around and walk away, I just laugh at you. Just because I love you. Some of you are going, man, we're reading the Bible in a month, except for Steve, who thinks we're doing it in February. <laughs> your dad's like, we read that thing in February? I said, Steve, there's only 28 days in February. We're reading it in 30. He's, he's going to catch up. He's all, we've had a conversation, Kim. But some of you guys are going, I just don't know how we're going to do that. <laughs> and I'm like, you're going to sit down and just read. <laughs> I, I, I mean, how else do you do that? You just read. You, you sit down and read. It, my sweet mama. <laughs> I haven't talked about my mama in a while. But my mama does it. She keeps up with everything. And she just, she's been telling me, she goes, I just don't know how we're going to do it. I just don't know how we're going to do it. How are we going to read in 30 days? I'm like, mama, you've done it before. But that was then. Let that sink in for a minute. I said, but you've done it, Mama. You can do it again. I just don't know that I can do it. I love her. I said, what else are you going to do? At that point, I woke up five minutes later. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, she knows. I love you, mama. Anyway, but so this, therefore, here it is. We have this beautiful picture that it is the church that is supposed to be the pillar and the foundation of truth. Do you understand that's our mission? Is to be the pillar and foundation, the very support of truth, because we all want to know what truth is. When you get deep down to the very dark places of your life where you may not even want to expose to other people, what you really cry out in all that is this, tell me truth. God's word is truth. And this place here is supposed to preach truth. 
The entire mission of the church is this, to preach truth, to teach truth, to expose truth to a lost and dying world, and here it is, to live the truth. And so when we go out there and we act like the world, we are doing the very antithesis of what God set up the church to do. The truth we expose to the lost world is not our truth either. We don't make it up. We received a revelation from God called the Bible that teaches the unchanging truth. See, here's the thing about truth. And then I'm going to move on to my second one. Truth never changes. If it was true 100 years ago, it's true today. And if God tarries, it'll be true 100 years from now. Or you could go 1,000. Or you could go to the God's truth. Because God lives outside of time, space, and matter. That's deep. He knows truth. It does the, we, we do not see they out there today. We, we should be evolving. No, we shouldn't. I should just be learning more about God's word. I don't need to evolve. I didn't evolve to begin with. I'm just being me now. The only way I'm going to evolve is to look more like Jesus. Let me take you to the next one. Second point. Church is the bride of Christ. You know, I've never been to one, but I bet that is about as embarrassing as anything to have a wedding set up and the bride not show up. I've never been a part of that, except for a church. I mean, think about it. I walk out that door, here it is, me and Jacob. We're not going to be here, but this is because y'all are the ones I know getting married. We walk out here, and you know what we do, and we come down here, me with the dude, and we, we stand right here, and here comes all the, the groomsmen, and here comes all the bridesmaids and, and all that, and then the doors close, and there's stuff so you can't see out, and then with a great big flourish, woof, and there's Bradley, but no Haley. And Bradley just walks in, his only brags, they say, hey, y'all. We laugh. But how many times does the bride not show up to meet with their groom on Sunday mornings? A little different when it gets personal, isn't it? You are. If you're a believer, repentant believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are the bride of Christ. Or even worse, what if it was that day? Sorry, Haley, I'm just using you, you're, you're here. And, and, and Bradley just opens the door and he goes, I'm sorry, but Haley thought she was going to go spend one more day with her ex-boyfriend. Sorry, Jake. <laughs> I mean, Jacob would walk out. I mean, that's not how this whole marriage thing works, is it? You're not supposed to be going spending time with your ex when it's your wedding day. I know some of you are going, Sunday mornings are not our wedding day. No, but it's our date day. Oh, that's a good, I believe. But when you're out there, just being honest, I can prove this biblically. I'm about to go way deep. When you're out there living with the world, you're committing spiritual adultery. 
When you're doing worldly stuff, we don't like to talk about that. That is nothing more than spiritual adultery. You're telling God you're not worthy. You're telling God, I've got something better. You're telling God, I don't love you like that. And it is nothing more than spiritual adultery. We don't like to hear. I bet I get a comment from that this week. And that's cool. But listen to what it says. This is where I get it from. Look, in Ephesians chapter 5, and we use this in marriages all the time. Um, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same ways, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, for he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. And because we are members of his body, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This, is a, this mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. How in the world can Christ nourish you and cherish you and wash you by the water of the word if you're out there living like a hellion? Somebody answer that question right now real quick. I don't need to come to church. I'm just going to spend it watching the NFL. I'm going to spend it out here. Just, you know what? It's my only day of rest. Dude, it's 11 o'clock when this service is. How much rest you need? And by the way, if you went to bed earlier, you would get up earlier. Well, I just can't go to sleep for one or two in the morning. Take melatonin. You'll knock your butt out. <laughs> Listen to what the church does, what God does for church. He, he gave himself for her. That's an act of pure grace. He sanctifies her. I'm just going to, I got to hurry. I'm not going to get through all of it. He sanctifies her. John chapter 17, verses 17 through 19. Uh, flip there real quick. I'm, not, I'm just going to stop at the end of this. So go to John 17. Tell you, man, I can't find nothing in this new Bible. Give me about three weeks, so I'll have it front, back, and ready to go. John 17, look, 17 through 19. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may be sanctified in truth. So what does the word sanctify mean? It means you become more like him. Less of the world, more like Jesus. You don't get less like the world by being in the world. You get less like the world by being with the body of believers. Then he says he washes her. It's a picture of a, of a, of a bath where you, you guys know, man, I'm going to go back to it, man. I had been here literally one week or two weeks, and we had a, a youth function or something at the house when the, when the parsons were here. And, and little Lauren, you know, my little girl now who's a mama, but she was little. She was two, and Andrew was, yeah, I'm talking about you, Andrew. Andrew was three, I think, and them two began to play together. And look, they just sitting there like this. And they're playing, we had these things called, um, it was, um, what was it? 
black walnut tree, right? And so they got black walnuts and they're playing and they're playing in the dirt and they're doing this. And I'm talking about them dudes played for three hours together. Poor little Andrew, he looked like a brown child. Except for right around his mouth. I don't say that mean. Nobody take offense at what I just said. Where he kept licking his lips. So then the next morning, I kid you not, here, I'm standing over there, man. I'm up there by the pulpit or whatever. Here comes this thing right here. I ain't kidding you. I'm thinking, oh, Lord, what is wrong with her? She's a hang man. Do you know my son's feet are still stained? I said, and? So are my daughters. What? I washed them and I scrubbed them and I did all this. And I'm like, did you hurt the child? <laughs> Andrew, your feet still stained? They go, probably not. He doesn't even know. Oh, my gosh. He said, probably not. <laughs> Hope you washed them a time or two since then. So that was, that was 22 years ago, Andrew. So I just told him, I said, don't worry. Keep on washing them. It'll ultimately come off. But that, as dirty as he was, as dirty as long, and I mean that bathtub. That, you remember that bathtub? Because Lauren was saying when you washed it, he was like, eh. When we get washed with the water, when we're together, I have to believe that Jesus at times goes, because of everything that's washed off of us. You You won't forget that little picture of sin being washed off of you. You don't get that hanging out at a bar. You don't get that smoking all kind of dope. You don't get that by cussing like a savior. You get that when you get into the word of Jesus Christ and let him wash you in the truth. Because, see, there's this one day. We get to go meet Jesus face to face. Did you catch that? And, and you present her. Do you understand that there's going to come a day when, when we have the marriage supper of the Lamb that we're presented and we're going to be without spot, without blemish. And we ought to be striving for that today because there's a day when God's going to present us to our groom, Jesus Christ. How is it we want to live like the world and not like God wants us to live? And then I love this part. He cherishes us. That literally means, the word cherish, that means too warm. It means to have tender care. See, I know some of you, when you come in on sermons like this at times and other sermons, you, you say things like this when you're leaving. And I'm going to stop there. But you'll say, man, you, preacher, you sure do know how to step on toes. Can I tell you something? Number one, it's not me. It's the Word. Number two... You can just pick your feet up. The Holy Spirit was aiming for your heart. Because if you step on your toe, you just pick your feet up. He won't step on them. But whenever he's doing that, 
and you're feeling that conviction and that just, here's what the Holy Spirit is whispering to you at that time. I know this hurts right now, but I do it because I love you. I do it because I care for you more than you even care for yourself. Because I have what's good for you. Can I ask you this question today, church? Do you know Jesus really? Have you been playing church? Are you a part of the body of believers? Thanks for listening to the Marian message presented by the Mosaic of Marian podcast. If you would like to know more, you can reach us on our Facebook page or on our website, www.marianbcba.com.